This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 7th, 2014. Christmas cravings, we crave peace. Thank you, Fiona. Great job. Great job, Fiona. And Rachel, the prompter. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about Mary's story a little bit later on in our message this morning. Yeah. So good morning, Connection Community Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made. Thank you for laughter. Thank you for love. Thank you for hope. And now thank you for peace that only you can bring true peace. Open our hearts that we might hear your message and that it would sink deep, deep, deep into our soul. Help us set aside any distraction from the rest of the day and really focus on you. We pray this in Jesus' name and everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. So as we shared last week, Christmas is a time of cravings. from your favorite holiday food to your favorite holiday tradition to that one special gift that you're hoping for, longing for, that you're craving for this year. But we also have cravings that go much deeper than holiday dishes and decorations, cravings that go all the way deep into our souls. Last week we considered how we crave hope, how we crave hope. And this morning we're going to give some consideration to our craving for peace. So we looked up peace in the dictionary, and here is the meaning of peace. The absence of war or other hostilities, freedom from quarrels and disagreements, harmonious relations, public security and order, inner contentment, serenity. Now if we look biblically, the meaning of peace is far deeper and broader than the dictionary definitions in Hebrew. The language that, he, that Jesus spoke, the f- language of his family, the language of his disciples, the language of the people around him. The word for peace, we generally, it gets translated for peace, is the word shalom. And we've talked about that before. Shalom, according to the refinersfire.org, shalom means not merely peace as we understand it, but a peace that is complete, that is perfect, that is full. We seek Uh, in our everyday activities, we seek fulfillment, happiness, and contentment through material possession, through money, sex, happiness, and, um, and other things that you might be able to name off the top of your head. The truth of the matter is, though, those things only serve to distract us and to prevent us from finding true peace. You know, the world we live in is anything but peaceful. And at times, like right now, much less peaceful than at some other times. But it's never, never really fully at peace, is it? No. Peace, true peace, shalom, only comes from the one who created us and all things. Peace comes from being in relationship with God. Humankind had peace. There was peace way back in the beginning when God first created. Before Adam and Eve, there was perfection. But Adam and Eve made a poor choice, the fall, and um, that's when paradise ceased 
to exist. We have craved peace ever since. I'm going to say that again. We have craved peace ever since. We've craved harmony, craved not being at odds, craved not being in conflict, not being at war with one another. Even though it seems at times that we thrive in the midst of contention, the truth is we really do crave tranquility that only God's peace can bring. We crave those times where our relationships, those who are around us, when all is right and all is good, we crave that peace with God. It is peace we crave. The last week we looked at one of the messianic prophecies looking toward the Messiah's coming out of Isaiah. And it looked toward the one, as we shared, that would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, say the last one with me, Prince, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace, Jesus. Jesus, being the Son of God, brings the peace that we talk about. In, 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 in Him, in Christ, Eden is restored. Paradise is regained. While Adam brought about the fall, Jesus brings about the resurrection. Amen. The new life, so that we do not remain in that fallen state. It is in Christ that we find the peace that was first lost by the bad choices in the garden. When Mary, Jesus' mother, was first told that she would be the one to carry the Son of God, she was anything but peaceful. Let's start out at Luke chapter 1, 26 through 29. In the sixth month, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled. That's where we get that she was not feeling peaceful at this point. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. All right, first of all, a face-to-face -face meeting with an angel might not be the most calming meeting in the world. Angels, real angels, can be a little scary. I'm not talking about the angels who are in the Christmas pageants a lot of time at school or church or whatever, uh, and the cute little blonde-haired angels in the little white drape with the gold tinsel halo. You know what I'm talking about. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. Okay. I'm talking about real angels here. In this case, the angel Gabriel. This is the same angel that appeared to Daniel in the Old Testament of the Bible, telling, giving Daniel the explanations, the interpretations of his dreams. This is the same angel who earlier in the book of Luke appeared to Zechariah, telling him that his wife, Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary, the one that says in the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, his wife, who was believed to be unable to have children, she was late in life, that she, this is the angel that told her she would give birth to a son named John, whom we call John the Baptizer, the one who would later baptize Jesus 
in the river as Jesus began his ministry. This is an angel who carries big news to people. This is one of the few, few angels in Scripture that is actually named. This is a big deal here. He's a little bit scary, I think. Well, didn't Fiona say, don't be afraid, it's not a it's monster? It's not a monster. There you go. Yeah, she there she you hit go. it on the head she there. She hit it right on the head. Well, it may not have been the angel's appearance that troubled Mary as much as what the angel said. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Greetings, you who are highly favored. In fact... In the next scripture, we know that he even called her by name. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, let me tell you, let me ask you this. When you get a message from God like this, how would you feel? Hello. Hello. You are highly favored. Danger, danger, wow. danger. Okay, so God, <laughs> what kind of plans do you have for me? This sounds pretty serious. And God's plans, when God approaches us like that, could be kind of unsettling, kind of troubling, kind of fearful. Because they usually go beyond what we think we can do in our own human capacity. I mean, greetings, you who are highly favored. No, pick someone else. Have I got a plan for you? <laughs> well... When Mary was approached, when we're approached by God, maybe not by the angel, but, you know, those little feelings, those little nudges inside, we have them. It comes in different ways. But when that happens, they require a great deal of trust and true understanding and appreciation of what God can do through us. It's not us, but it's what God does through us. And we have to cling to that scripture that we all know well, with God, all things are possible. And all of that, at first, can be a little troubling. Mm. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. Hello. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Well, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? So I would say she'd say, yikes! <laughs> Hello. <laughs> how does this work? It gets kind of troubling for Mary, or at least confusing. Let's at least give her that, confusing. Because, first of all, she's told she's found favor with God. All right, deep breath. That she will conceive and give birth to the Son of the Most High. And she will call him Jesus. I mean, he's even named. Mary doesn't get to name her son. He's even named. The problem here, we all know, is that she is a virgin. She has never been with a man. And by the way, in that day, in that time, in that culture, having a child out of wedlock was not looked upon favorably at all. She would be ostracized, ridiculed, and outcast. And in addition to that, 
she was betrothed. That meant she was engaged, or she was, she was engaged. That meant the same as marriage, except the benefit. And so... <laughs> I'm not sure they, different people might see different benefit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Just want to make sure we're on the same way there. <laughs> All right. So if she was pregnant and the fiance, her fiancé was not the father, <laughs> she could be stoned to death. That's the kind of culture that they were living in at the time. Mm. No wonder she was troubled. <laughs> Ironic, isn't it? How when God calls us out of our comfort zones, out of our so-called peaceful places, it gets a little scary. And we are fearful for what may come, and yet... It is precisely by following God when he calls us to these unknown places that we get ever closer to him. And it's at those times that we truly come to realize that peace that does pass all understanding. Let's continue with the scripture, picking it up at verse 35. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Now that, I've read this scripture hundreds of times, and that is the one line that really pops out to me. Can you say that for no word? For no word from God will ever fail. I just want to push pause. I hope you believe that, because that is truth. No word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Mm. She's told that through the Holy Spirit that she will be with child, the Son of God. She's told that even her cousin Elizabeth, who was thought to be barren, unable to conceive, that her cousin Elizabeth, thanks to God, is six months pregnant. She's told no word from God will ever fail. Another version of Scripture translates this to say something we're very familiar with. With God, all things are possible. And it's at this point that Mary finds peace. The peace that transcends all understanding. The peace that we find when we have a close personal relationship with God. The peace that allows us to say, no matter what the circumstances, just as Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Have you ever said that? I am the Lord's servant. Each one of us is called by God for a purpose and a plan. Each one of us could say that and risk, but the Holy Spirit will come upon us and give us peace. Well, you know, biblical scholars say that Mary was really just a kid, 12, 13, 14 years old. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine how much faith in the Lord she would have to have at that point in her life what we were like when we were 12 or 13 or 14. 
<laughs> and we would receive that kind of news. Can you just imagine? But Mary found peace. Found peace in these extreme kind of circumstances because she was a Jewish girl, she knew the prophecy, and she trusted, and she believed. She found peace in the Lord. For us, it is Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ alone, where we find peace because he is peace. Jesus equals peace. Exactly a hundred years ago this Christmas, something extraordinary, something unheard of, something unbelievable, something miraculous happened. Christmas, 1914, 100 years ago, World War I, German, British, French troops on the field of battle in the trenches, as you saw. They're filled with the spirit of Christmas, the spirit of Jesus Christ. And they meet in no man's land between the trenches and the unofficial, unsanctioned, unplanned Christmas truce of 1914 takes place begins with two soldiers, one German, one British, taking a chance, trusting, having that peace that passes all understanding. And before it's over, according to Wikipedia, over 100,000 troops were involved in an unofficial cessation of fighting along the length of the Western Front. Exchanges of small gifts took place. Candy, as you saw, other food, tobacco, uh, alcohol, souvenirs such as buttons and hats. A soccer game, you know, the worldwide game was played. The artillery guns were silent, at least for a little while. Soldiers who had recently been killed there on the field of battle were brought back behind their lines for burial. Joint services were held. For a brief moment, a second in time, there was peace. In the midst of one of the most devastating wars known to humankind, where 37, over 37 million people were killed or wounded, there was a moment of peace. Christmas Day, 1914, the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. So we crave peace. We crave peace. Even in the midst of war, or perhaps especially in the midst of war, war on drugs, war on this, war on that, we crave peace, the peace that goes beyond anything that any one of us can achieve on our own, but a peace that only comes through the relationship with Jesus Christ. The peace that comes when we trust, when we depend, when we seek God's will and way, 
in our lives and for those around us. When we have this mentality of it's not about me, but we really do care about people, even people that we don't know. This kind of peace is possible in the midst of this battlefield that we're in, this culture that we're in. This peace is possible when Jesus is in the picture. So as you prepare for Christmas this season, as we prepare for Jesus, the baby in the manger, in the hay, on the farm, in the cave, wherever, <laughs> what peace do you crave? What is it? Where is it? Where you're feeling undone, unraveled? Where is there chaos in your life? What spot do you need to uh, go to God about and ask for peace? So we would say, why not today? Why not focus on that right here, right now? So we're just going to spend um, a, a short time, 30 <laughs> seconds, where we can just stop the noise, stop the madness, <laughs> and focus on that space, that area in our life where we need to talk to God and say, okay, God, reveal it to me, and then take me to that place of peace. So we're just going to stop, have just a little <coughs> tiny bit of music, because sometimes that silence is deadening too. Seek the peace that you crave and look forward to God delivering that peace. Let's go to God now. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.